This week's sponsor is absolutely perfect for true crime fans, especially those of us that love a twisty, turny murder mystery. June's Journey is a game set in the Roaring Twenties. June's sister Claire and her husband Harry were found dead, and June is certain that they've been murdered. Now she must travel to New York, where her sister's estate was, to look after her niece and solve the mystery of Claire's death. You go along the journey with June, searching for hidden objects in different locations from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris, uncovering hidden clues to solve the mystery as you go. I'm already on chapter six and the mystery has gotten so good. I cannot wait to uncover more clues. I'm also loving how you get to customize your very own luxurious estate island. That's right. Let your imagination run wild as you decorate your island with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. My pool is literally insane. It has a waterfall. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free on iOS and Android. Hey, before we get started. Yes. The reviews from the peeps and creeps. Is your heart just swelling? explodes it explodes every time and i will always take up offers to share a picture of sangria i mean we need to define share oh your girl shuts down sangria well we just would ha- would buy a third picture then i mean we would yeah. just split it like right now i buy a picture you buy a picture she would buy a picture yeah i also really liked the one that asked if we could be best friends obviously the answer is yes obviously the answer is yes Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real-life creeps, from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm MoGap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. Someone said something about Tiger King the other day, and I was, like, triggered to, like... Yes, I know. It's uh, this year. I think the best part about this year, 2020, there's been so many terrible things, but there's also so many things in pop culture that just united everybody because we were all stuck at home and we were all watching Netflix and we were all watching the same thing. And like there was just so many experiences that we were all feeling at the same time. And for once, I felt like with it. Mm-hmm. You will appreciate this pop culture gift I got from Carol. Oh. Uh, she said, I didn't realize. Or she was like, sometimes listening to you, some, I don't know, makes me want to punch you in the face. You're like, how are you so bad at this? And I had no <laughs> idea. And I was like, because I had all these other great qualities that, you know, you just didn't realize. So for my birthday, she sent me this pop culture. It's a <gasps> it's supposed to sit in the bathroom. But it's a trivia Toilet book. trivia. Perfect. And it's actually really funny. You can play, like, you leave it, and you can play different. Like, there's, you can do each one multiple times. We, Russell and I, just in the um, car, were, like, doing some. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not as great as I thought. So, <laughs> imagine that. All right. So, before we get into this week's episode, which I... I'm so excited about, like, I cannot wait to tell you this story. This is a doozy. But I want to remind everybody we are doing another giveaway this week, every week this month in May, uh, over on our Instagram at CreepersPod. And last week's winner was drawn 
yesterday, possibly. We're recording this a week and a half in advance, so perhaps yesterday. (laughs) And now we have more True Crime Creepers merch up for grabs, so details are on our Instagram post. Go check it out at CreepersPod. Can I enter? You cannot enter. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around stressors, big and small. For me, this comes in the form of work, too many deadlines, relationships with people, irrational fears of the future. When we keep them bottled up, it can really start to affect us negatively, mentally and physically. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? If not, you have to start the process all over again. If they are a good fit, you've got to figure out some way to fit appointments into your busy schedule. But BetterHelp takes away all of those barriers, and I'm so thankful. I love my therapist. I really feel like they took my questionnaire that I filled out when I signed up and really used it to match me to the perfect person. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creepers. So today, I I am not even going to tell you what I'm telling you about. Wait, what? No. I just want to get right into it. I can't go on a little hiatus and then come back into reality, and then you've just changed the rules to the game. Oh, yeah. We're changing the rules here. Are you ready? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I'm doing my excited dance. I can't wait to tell you the story. Okay. Uh oh, oh. Angela Connell was in her mid 20s when she met Jason Rayburn of the California State Highway Patrol at a bar. Oh, I'm here for this story. They immediately realized how much they had in common. Angela was an attorney and Jason was a cop, and their relationship soon just seemed too good to be true. Jason thought he might have found the one, and things were going really great until Angela was diagnosed with cervical cancer. She ended up having to move into Jason's house in Huntington Beach pretty soon into their relationship because her living arrangements fell through, and she needed more support while she was going through cancer treatment. She didn't have a lot of family in the area. Jason was really happy to help. He even rearranged his whole house to make it easier for her to get around while she was going through her treatments. Oh, what is this? Like, is this going to be some notebook shit? Because I have no tissues, no cocktail. (laughs) This is obviously a rom-com. This is our (laughs) rom-com podcast. That's obviously the direction this is going in. Everyone rallied around Angela. She didn't have a lot of family in the area. She was from Arizona, but she had some really good friends. One of her friends, Mary, that worked with her at the law firm, described Angela as very fun and sweet and intelligent, someone she loved talking to, and they could talk for hours. Mary had a son in second grade, and he'd go to school and tell everyone at school to pray for Angela. And she started using the hashtag AngieWarrior. Jason worked really long hours, and he couldn't be at her treatments with her, but she'd send him photos, and he'd send her some encouraging messages. Hmm. 
But Angela was really struggling with her chemotherapy. It was causing her hair to fall out right away. And so she just went ahead and shaved her head pretty early on because of it. But did he shave his head too? I don't believe he solidarity shaved his head too. I know. But eventually the cancer went away and she did overcome it. Yeah, girl. Her relationship with Jason didn't last. They broke up and she moved out of his house. (sighs) But if there's one thing Angela had learned from that experience, it was that life is too short to waste. So in January of 2016, she got on another dating website. She met Ian Diaz and they had a whirlwind romance. By February, they were married. So one month later. (laughs) Hey, listen. I've seen this played out way too often. Successfully? You know I got a wedding in a couple months, girl. (laughs) At least it's in a couple months. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So met in January, married by February, and Angela Connell became Angela Diaz. She moved into his two-story condo in Anaheim, California, ready for her happily ever after. Everything seemed to be going great, and it only got better when, in early May, Angela discovered that she was pregnant with twins. Twins? Twins. And she said that got, it was, that's better. She said it got better. (laughs) Apparently, that's something that she wanted. Can't imagine the upper arm strength you have to have for that. I mean, you know that. Two babies. You obviously know your girl can't in the arms of an angel, you know. I forgot about your arms of an angel. Yeah, this I I can't ever have twins. <laughs> did you say did you say what year this was? 2016. Oh, okay, recently. Yeah. Well, it was uh yeah, January 2016. She got a sonogram and surprised Ian with the positive pregnancy test and the sonogram pictures. Ian was so excited. They shared the photos with his parents and and oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And Angela was so excited to start her family with Ian. That is until May 25th, 2016, just two weeks after her pregnancy announcement, when she received the first email. It was an absolutely horrible, threatening email, full of fire and brimstone, biblical ranting type language, calling Angela names, threatening her life, and the life of her unborn children. And they didn't stop coming. She got flooded with emails saying things like, I hope you're scared to death tomorrow. Be prepared. Don't sleep. We will steal your child and we will watch as it dies. I hope to God you burn for what you've done to us. I know, right? Us. (laughs) Yeah. They said Angela deserves nothing but a life of lonely torture. And there is no place you will be safe anymore. Another one, Mm -hmm. might be my favorite one, said, You might be beautiful. You might be the one he married. But you are still a sinner. And must be punished. I will make sure you are reminded of your place. Who does that remind you of? Those emails. A fairy tale villain. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> or the people that stood on the stallions at Texas State and would yell oh, at yeah. you if you walked by. <laughs> sure. They're the fire and brimstone pastors of yep. the yeah. You will burn in hell. Some of the emails included photos that basically looked like torture porn, naked women beaten up or getting strangled, links to pictures of aborted fetuses and decapitated bodies. Angela was terrified. 
The emails were coming from multiple different email addresses, but they didn't do a lot to try to hide the sender's identity, and Angela knew exactly who it was. It was Ian's ex-fiance, Michelle oh, Hadley. S- stop it. This is not a good look, Michelle. <laughs> they'd No. They'd broken up in August, not long before Ian and Angela had gotten married, and their breakup had been extremely contentious, made more so by the fact that they'd just bought this condo together that they'd been living in. Ian had kept the condo, but there had been a lot of arguing back and forth, and Michelle had sent several emails to Ian that sounded very similar to the emails she was now sending to Angela, the real fire and brimstone stuff. One particularly disturbing email said, your sins are many, including defiling me and my family with your wicked and evil sexual acts, your financial coercion and irresponsibility, your gluttony, your greed, your lust, your sloth, your wrath, your envy, and most of all, your pride. I will bring the full force of the law and the word of God against you to judge you. Ooh. Ian tried to get a restraining order against Michelle after those emails, but a judge had said it didn't seem like his life was threatened. But now here she was sending emails threatening his new wife and their baby. Were the emails like from an anonymous email address or did she literally know they were from her because she. Yeah. A lot of them like had her name in the email. Like. Oh, okay. They were from multiple different email addresses, but she didn't try to like. She like signed it. Yeah. She's like Michelle from Monterey Bay. Right. <laughs> like She just said it. So who is Michelle and why is she so angry? Three years earlier, Michelle Hadley was 26. She had been recently divorced from her high school sweetheart, and she decided she wanted to get back out there. She got on a few dating sites, and that's when she saw Ian Diaz. He was a 35-year-old U.S. Marshal, and Michelle thought he was really cute. They started talking, and she discovered that he was very attentive and sweet. On their second date, he told her he loved her, and Michelle Ooh. was flattered by it. Not a single red flag there. Yeah, I... You got a photo? I need to be the judge of this. Let me see. A photo. Do not Google them. Okay. You cannot Google them. But I will send you. You got to put that out in the beginning. Did you Google them? No. Okay. I just was like going to. Okay. I want to do a little role play with you. Okay. We're on our second date. I'm a dude. I say I love. I I love you, Samantha. Yeah. What do you should probably (laughs) I, what would you say? Honestly, I would say, listen, this is common. This happens to me often. Okay. I appreciate it. I'm flattered. It's probably not going to work out. It's going to be a no for me. Okay. It's going to be a no for me. <laughs> Better luck next Kristen, time. Kristen, do you know how many promise rings I've gotten? I mean, obviously not now that, <laughs> that I'm an adult, but... How many I mean, promise anyways, rings? <laughs> at a f- right off the top of my head, like that I know of, like four, <laughs> four. Okay, that's high school to beginning ages of like college. Uh-huh. That is four people under the age of eighteen that were like, "Yes, I want to be stuck with this girl for the rest of my life," and we haven't even like hit puberty. All the way. You know what I mean? Like, your keeper, allegedly. I mean, I got people telling their mamas we're engaged. We've never even been on a date. By the spring of 2014, they'd moved in with each other. And that's when his controlling side came out. I'm sorry, who who are we talking about now? Ian and Michelle. 
Oh, oh, okay. Ian and Michelle had moved into each other and moved in with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Did they? But that's when his controlling side came out. He started badgering her to wear crop tops and (laughs) I thought you were gonna say crops. Yeah. He, like, wanted her to dress more sexy, so he's trying to get her to wear crop tops, get her nails done, like, get acrylic (laughs) nails, get her belly button pierced. I'm pretty sure Ian thought it was 1999 and not 2014. (laughs) If I had a dollar for every time someone tried to get me to wear a crop top, I would have zero (laughs) dollars. Okay. Same. Zero dollars. I need that. Are those out of style yet? No, they're back in style. They came back, but not in 2014. Wait, I saw a photo the other day of some college women, and they had butterfly clips in their hair. Uh Like the glittery butterfly Mm -hmm. clips. And I... Yep, they're all back. Everything else Mm -hmm. coming back, I've seen. I'm like, okay. Platform sandals, the like bell... Okay. And then... I saw the butterfly clips mm-hmm. and I was like, no, we are not doing this. Yep. We are not doing We're this. We're back there. We're back there. <sighs> he also pressured her to take a marketing job at Disneyland where she had to take a $20,000 pay cut. Not only was it his favorite place, but he also used to work there. And Michelle was pretty sure he wanted her to take that job so that his ex-coworkers could keep an eye on her. She also later found out that he was spying on her computer and internet activities as well, and she was pretty sure that he'd put a tracking device on her car. At the time, none of this, because she didn't know about the spying on the internet, tracking device, all of that, none of that other stuff really struck her as red flags. I think it's so much easier to see these things in hindsight once you have more information. And Ian was great at the grand gestures. He even took her to New York for Christmas in 2014 and proposed to her either at the top of Rockefeller Center or in front of the tree. I've heard it both ways. Mm, Either way, Michelle said yes. She said she didn't feel like she was just in love with him. She felt addicted to him. mm -mm. When they got back to Anaheim, they decided they're about to get married. They want to start looking for a place to buy together. So they found a beautiful, brand-new two-story condo in Anaheim together. And side note, every article called it a two-story condo, but isn't a two-story condo a townhome? I need to know if there's, like, a I difference. Never, I I honestly never understand the difference between townhome and condo because I say we live in a townhouse, and my mom's like, oh, a condo? And I'm like, I don't know. I think of condo is like an apartment. It's just privately owned. It's not like I a leasing I think a condo office. is like – yeah, I think a condo you can buy is like how you can buy a house and a townhouse is like in an apartment. Complex. You can buy a townhome though. I mean, people buy townhomes. And I just think yeah. of like townhomes as being multiple stories and a condo. Yes. So like if any peeps and creeps out there in real estate, like, let me know if there's if there are actually two-story condos that are not considered townhomes and why. <laughs> Anyway, Michelle and Ian absolutely loved the condo, and Michelle put up just over $14,000 for the down payment, but they put the mortgage in both of their names. But she only put the down payment. She paid the down payment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the summer of 2015, they moved into the condo together, and it was then that their relationship just took a sharper turn downhill. Yeah, moving in together? I mean, I'm not speaking from experience. (laughs) I said that like I really had feelings behind it. I just meant, yeah, what did you expect? Well... Yeah, may I would probably rent a place before yeah. buying with somebody that I never had lived with before, but that's just me. The emotional abuse and Ian's controlling nature continued until Michelle just couldn't take it anymore. 
She said there was a time that they were in a fight while he was driving on the freeway and he pulled his SUV over on the freeway and told her to get out of the car. Oh. And there was another time she said she tried to leave, but he threw her down on the bed, holding onto her while she was trying to claw away while he was just screaming at her. Oh, my God. So by the end of the summer, about two. I, I can't believe this little pipsqueak. This <laughs> yeah. He's a U.S. Marshal. Oh, he is so. a U.S. Marshal. So, you know. Mm-hmm. By the end of the summer, about two months after moving into the condo, they broke up. He took his engagement ring back and accused her of cheating on him. And Michelle took what would fit in her Volkswagen Jetta and left. But it wasn't a clean break. They still had this condo to deal with. Slash townhome. <laughs> this condo slash townhome. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, we were debating this the other day. What is the appropriate thing to do if an engagement is broken off? Should the guy get the ring back or is the girl allowed to keep the ring? I... I think generally you should give the ring back. If he paid for it, you should give it back. Obviously, if you paid for your ring, then it's yours. You keep it. But if he (laughs) paid for it, you give it back. Now, if he did something real, real, real bad, you know, (laughs) then you do you, girl. You keep that ring. You do what you need to do to feel better about yourself. (laughs) But then said ring should definitely be like returned, refunded, whatever. You should not then give that same ring to Oh, God, no. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, no. (laughs) Yes, no. You give the ring back, and then the man returns the ring and then purchases a new ring for the next person he would like to buy one for. You don't want to pass down the ring. Like, you can pass a ring down from your mother. You can't pass a ring down from your ex. (laughs) You heard it here first. There's your PSA. There's my advice for you all. You, you. <laughs> so Michelle was out, but it wasn't a clean break. They still had the condo to deal with slash townhome. A condo that was in both of their names. Do they have any pets? Because that's the real. They do not have that's pets. That's what will keep no. you up at night. They do not have pets. Okay. It's just this condo. Ian, who paid zero part of the down payment, I might remind everybody. What a scrub. Refused to move out of the condo. And the fight dragged on for months while Michelle continued to pay half the mortgage for a condo she wasn't living in. She rented out a tiny apartment and continued going to school on a shoestring budget while Ian got the best of both worlds. Okay, so he's a squatter. <laughs> yeah. We've we've established. Well, his, unfortunately, his name is on the mortgage. And now mm. he gets to live there alone, paying only half the rent, paying none of the down payment. He was steadfast against selling it, but he also wouldn't buy her out. And Michelle was frustrated. She started sending him those emails, and it seems like the whole situation had caused her to snap. Like I said, Ian reported those emails to police. He tried to get a restraining order against her, citing emotional instability and a history of fits of rage. But a judge had dismissed it. Could you imagine a restraining order on the property against you on the property that you partially own and are paying for? (laughs) Michelle became afraid of Ian, and she thought she saw his car without license plates at different places, like he was following her trying to intimidate her into giving him the condo. She told security officers at her job and at Chapman University, where she was going to school, her school security banned him from campus. Well, I mean, campuses are like wide open. Anyone can just walk on a campus. Yeah. In December, after Ian hired property lawyers, they finally came to an agreement. In six months, so it would be early June 2016, 
Ian would assume full payments of the condo, and if he couldn't afford it, they'd sell it. And if he sold it, they'd split the money. So basically, if he can afford it, Michelle's just out all the money that she spent on it. But it seems like Michelle hadn't really gotten past her anger over the whole situation. And she turned all of her attention onto Angela, Ian's new wife. And she didn't stop at the horrible emails. There had also been ads posted to Craigslist posing as Angela, asking for somebody to come and make her rape fantasies come true. Oh, my God. It said she wanted to be raped while she walked her dog. It gave Angela's address, pictures of her, (gasps) details of her daily routine, and said not to be discouraged if she screamed or resisted. Oh, my God. That's the most terrible thing I've ever heard. I know. Oh. So, of course, Angela went to the police to tell them about the messages. Uh, And that she did not post that. Yeah. On June 1st, 2016, she applied for and received a restraining order against Michelle, but the messages kept coming. Angela handed over everything she had, copies of the emails, copies of the Craigslist ads, and any replies on Craigslist ads that looked like they were coming from her. But it all continued. On June 13th, Angela and Ian called police to tell them a man had shown up at their door responding to the Craigslist ad. (gasps) Thank God he hadn't been more forceful. I know. Think about someone could just put that out there and like you don't know. Like there could be a Craigslist ad right now for you and you don't know. (laughs) I don't have any enemies. Okay. Luckily, though, 5,000 other people have your name. That's true. But not my address. Only one person has that. That's me. But yeah, I mean, there's other people have your same name. Yeah. And there's literally zero, like zero things you can do to protect yourself from somebody doing that to you. Like there's nothing that you can do to like keep that. Even if you get a restraining order, somebody can still post a Craigslist ad on you. Great. Please don't do that. On (laughs) Yes. On June 17th, there was a court hearing for the restraining order. The first and only time the two women would actually see each other in person. But Angela wasn't about to let Michelle intimidate her. She marched right up to her with a stack of the emails, put them on the table in front of her, and said, here you go. She hoped that would be the end of it, but things just got worse. On June 24th, 2016, Angela Diaz called 911 to say a man had just ambushed her in her garage and tried to rape her. Oh, my God. Luckily, she'd managed to escape, but when police arrived, she had a ripped T-shirt, red marks on her neck from the struggle. Twice more, investigators stopped men near the Diaz's condo who admitted they were responding to the ad on Craigslist. Wait, who who admits that? Well, they think that it's her. Right, I know. Like, but... wanting this to happen. They think that they're signing up for a consensual act. Rape is not consensual. Well, this was like a fan. Yes, I, I agree. But this was like a fantasy right. rape thing where they thought it was... <sighs> A consensual thing. Angela kept going to the police, telling them Michelle was impersonating her online and stalking her. She was a scorned woman. And you know what they say, hell hath no fury like one. In June, police got search warrants for Michelle's phone, tablet, and laptop. And they went to her house and she was handcuffed and arrested. And she spent the night in jail until her parents could post the $10,000 bond. How do you explain that to your parents? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. As soon as she was bonded out, like an hour later, more ads were posted on Craigslist inviting men to Angela's condo, and Angela continued to get horrible emails. 
She turned them all over to police, and two of them appeared to have been sent from the email address that Michelle had verified was her email address. With Michelle out on bail, the emails and Craigslist solicitations continued until July 13th, when Angela called police about a teenager lurking outside her condo, and police responded and found him. He admitted he was responding to the ad on Craigslist. Oh, God. A teenager? Yeah. Michelle was arrested again, this time her bond set at $1 million, after the Orange County District Attorney said they thought they had a true public safety issue on their hands, and that if they didn't keep Michelle in jail, that Angela Diaz would eventually be raped or even murdered. Right. But did Michelle, I mean, I think she would have to know she was going to get caught. She's not trying to hide that she's the one sending them, so she obviously didn't care if she got caught. Right. I don't know. What? Nothing. Tell me. <laughs> okay. I'm not – okay. I'm glad we're almost to this point because I can't – first of all, I can see on your face what I'm doing to you and I need you to know what's happening here. All right. Wait, what? <laughs> we're going to get there. Michelle's family could not afford the bond and a decent attorney, so she spent the next three months in jail. She was charged with felony stalking, attempted forcible rape, violating a protective order, and assault. Mich- oh, my God. It's not her, is it? Michelle? It's not her. You bitch. It's not her. It's Ian. It's Ian. Michelle it is Ian. Was- <laughs> Michelle was facing a possible... I, I hate it here. I hate it here. I absolutely hate it here. <laughs> I felt every Monday you bring me here. I felt so you drag bad me along. when I was looking at your face, but you haven't figured it out, so we're gonna keep going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle was facing a possible life sentence in prison if convicted. No, not a life sentence. A sentence of life in prison if convicted. Oh, I know the difference. Yeah, you do. One's 15 years. One is actual life. Correct. But the evidence against Michelle was piling up. There were the emails, the email addresses, the rape fantasy solicitations. The language in the emails mirrored the language in the earlier emails between Ian and Michelle when they were fighting over the condo. There were the real men that had actually been solicited on Craigslist. The attack on Angela in the garage with the marks on her skin and rips in her shirt to prove it. There was also the fact that when Michelle was in jail, the messages stopped, but resumed right after she got out. Oh. And that some emails contained Michelle's personal information. There were also references to the condo settlement or to the settlement discussions about the condo that police didn't think Angela knew about. But it seems that in their investigation into this public safety issue, the police had managed to overlook a few key details. Oh, tell me more. Like, for example, the fact that security cameras at Angela's condo showed no activity at the time she was supposedly being attacked in her garage. Or the fact that some of the messages were sent during times when Michelle had no access to her accounts or devices because they'd been seized by police. Or the fact that Michelle Hadley had contacted police four times over the past several months, as well as the FBI and the Department of Justice, to report that it seemed like someone was attempting to impersonate her online. She kept getting emails to her primary email, telling her it was now being used as the recovery email address for new email addresses that she hadn't signed up for. She told them she suspected it was her ex-fiance Ian trying to scare her into signing over the condo, but no one ever returned her calls or messages. 
She thought it looked like someone was trying to create new email accounts and then tie them back to her by using her actual primary account as the recovery address. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm trying not to panic because I've been getting these weird emails lately. (laughs) (laughs) Are they? And my, like, my email being used to create accounts on other, like, websites. So far, it's just been, like, Best Buy. Like, who's still signing up for any kind of Best Buy? Somebody that doesn't know how to type in their actual email. <laughs> because it's happening on like other stuff too. I don't think it's like a typo situation, you know? Hmm. That happened to you too. That's why we had to change all your Hulu stuff, remember? Right? Oh, yeah. My Hulu got hacked. It got taken over. <laughs> Life doesn't happen bi weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much-needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With Earn In, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Creepers under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine. But the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. On June 13th, one of these accounts registered to a Lilith Hadley replied to a Craigslist ad that was seeking women interested in rape fantasies, saying to come find her tonight and giving the condo's address. A few days after the court date where she met Angela, she'd gotten an email from Craigslist asking her to verify that she'd posted an ad titled Gang Rape Fantasy. But Michelle hadn't posted the ad, so she'd emailed Craigslist about the fake ads but never heard back. 
Okay, Craigslist, answer for your crimes. Yeah, not the only one. Tracing emails back to their origin is not that hard to do. They make it look super easy in the crime shows, and it basically is that easy. I mean, don't ask me to do it, but it's not a complicated process. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it can't be that hard. No, an email is tied to an IP address, which identifies the computer that the email is sent from. Police can subpoena companies like Google or Microsoft for IP addresses linked to those email accounts, although it is possible to mask IP addresses through things like proxy servers. Unless someone is like using a pretty sophisticated one, they're not that hard to get around. It seems police hadn't managed to notice that none of the emails were coming from Michelle's computer. And by the time they actually got around to looking at the IP addresses the messages were sent from, what they saw made them say... Whoopsie. They traced back to three different IP addresses. The computer at Angela and Ian's condo. Okay. Angela's phone. Mm. And Angela's dad's computer at his house. Is she for real? It seems that actually Angela had been sending the emails to herself. Using a proxy server to try and frame Michelle. And. Why? And due to a fair. That is the million-dollar question we're all asking. <laughs> and due to a f- I mean, if you're trying to harass, but, like, you're trying to do, like, gang rape ads? I mean, I feel like that's just, like, a whole other Well, and you're, like, about. taking that risk upon yourself? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And due to a fairly sloppy investigation of police just taking Angela's word for it, Michelle sat in jail for 88 days facing sex charges, which are the charges you really don't want to be in jail with. Yeah. She was strip searched, confined to her cell 23 hours a day, and she claims she was denied access to toilet paper, menstrual products, and contact lenses. As she sat in her jail cell, she thought of everything that had led to that moment, and she was pissed. (laughs) Yeah, an understatement. You get me without a tampon, (laughs) I'm cranky as fuck. No kidding. Michelle was not the type of person anyone would expect to be wrapped up in something like this. She was someone who described her life before Ian as simple, straightforward, clean, on track. Nothing bad had ever really happened to her. Her life basically revolved around work and a 70-hour work week. She paid her bills on time, and she had no criminal record. But police didn't seem interested in any of that. The only thing they could see was that these threatening emails coming to Angela matched the emails written from Michelle to Ian. They were full of the same type of biblical revenge threats that Michelle said she wrote to Ian in a blacked-out, angry state, just really upset about the situation with the condo. So we do know for sure that she sent it. Yes. She for sure sent that email about the sloth and the gluttony and the sinners and the all of that. Yeah. But nothing to Angela. While Michelle sat in county jail on a million-dollar bond with an 85-year-old cellmate sharing a toilet that practically touched their bunk beds, her parents were outside trying to gather evidence to clear Michelle's name. Ugh, 85 years old, though? I know. She was there on kidnapping charges. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know the situations at all, but that's my ideal cellmate. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They were so Michelle's parents were trying to show that she couldn't have been online at the moment when some of the ads were placed or some of the emails sent. And honestly, they did not have a hard time finding the evidence to prove it. All it took was pulling her school and medical records to show that she'd been in class for some of them. 
and others were sent while she was briefly hospitalized. Mm. But it doesn't seem like that was good enough to set her free. No, it was Ian Diaz who was able to get Michelle released. On September 30th, 2016, Ian met with one of the Anaheim detectives investigating Michelle's case and told him that he believed his wife, Angela, had framed Michelle. Oh, so he's catching on. Yes. Ian told detectives that Angela was a pathological liar, something he'd recently discovered when he found out that her pregnancy had been a complete and total lie. Wait, how? She was never pregnant. She'd faked it by doctoring a home pregnancy test and purchasing a sonogram off Etsy for $7.50. Wait, people are selling (laughs) sonograms on Etsy? Yes, complete with her name alongside a doctor, hospital, (gasps) and date of exam. Yes. Oh, April Fool's 2022, (laughs) here I come. Russell, do not listen to this episode. (laughs) But Oh, poor Russell. I was thinking of, like, my mom. Oh. <laughs> oh. That is awful. Etsy answer for your crimes. You've got to make that stuff. No kidding. But that wasn't the end of Angela's lies. Police got in touch with Jason Rayburn. Remember Angela's ex-boyfriend that she'd been with while yes. going through cancer treatments? And he had quite the story for them. See, I left out a few little details in that story. Yeah. Are you... You tend to do that. (laughs) He told them that after a while, he had started to doubt that she even had cancer. But like, (gasps) how do you confront somebody with that, right? But she'd started drinking heavily, which isn't usually the best thing to do when you're going through cancer treatments. And she didn't seem to be showing any of the symptoms of chemotherapy. Like, she never lost her... Except for a hangover. Right. She never lost her appetite. She was never overly tired. She had lost her hair, But she'd also preemptively just shaved her head almost at the very beginning of treatment, saying she didn't want to go through the whole process of losing her hair. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did he never go to any appointments with her? I know he couldn't make a lot, you'd said. But, like, did he not go to a single one? No. And he had offered, like, hey, can I take you? And she would just decline, like, no, it's okay. And he's like, I know I work a lot, but we could probably figure something out. Like, I can help you out. And she's like, no, no, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Mm-mm. Catch me, like, on the couch not doing a damn thing. Yeah, so he – Like, he got so – Much less driving myself by myself. Right. So he got so suspicious that he asked a friend of his if he'd come by the house when Angela was supposed to be scheduled for chemo and watch to see if she actually went to her appointment. But the friend said they never saw Angela leave the house that day. You've at least got to, like, run to Starbucks. Right, I mean. Like, you can't go to Target. I'm telling you, she's not a mastermind criminal. She's sloppy. People are just not catching her. So then he started Googling things, like cervical cancer. And he stumbled upon the very pictures Angela had been sending him of her chemo treatment. Like, she just copied (sighs) pictures from Google Image. And you at least got to go to, like, the eighth page. (laughs) Listen to me, I sound like... Come on, Angela, be a better pathological liar. (laughs) Yeah, I've never done any of this. I just feel like you can't take the first three Google results and go with that. Look, she didn't have a lot of time, all right? She was in a rush. She had to get her a fake chemo treatment. So he and a few of their friends decided to have an intervention for her, which included her friend Mary. Mary Mm. said that Angela had told her that Jason had been abusing her, and Mary had felt really sorry for her. She kept telling her to leave Jason. 
But she'd started noticing things that seemed weird to her as well, like the fact that Angela would drink an entire bottle of wine when they would get together. While I mean, so? Agreed. But also while she was going through chemo. Mary called the hospital where Angela got her treatments, but the hospital had no record of her. Oh. Mary also found a journal she'd given Angela as a gift, and Angela had written in it all about how in love she was with Jason and how he would be just devastated when she died, which is like, okay, what? (laughs) Like, you know you're not going to die. Unless that was like a plan. To, like, fake I mean, her I, death and then, like, come like back to see the... take her life or something? I don't know. I don't Mary, know. I can't reason with this. I know. Mary told police that Angela was a hot effing mess. <laughs> so at the intervention, Jason told Angela they all knew she didn't have cancer, but she insisted that she did. Jason also told her they knew she's not an attorney. Turns out she just worked at a legal office. She wasn't actually a lawyer. But she said, yes, I am. You want to see my papers? You want to talk to my mom? Okay. (laughs) Wait a minute. I don't know if I'm more disappointed in her. I mean, like, Jason, you didn't do any fact checking. I mean, you didn't, like, I don't know, go up to her office or. I mean, there's just nothing like. Right. I feel like send flowers to the hospital where she was getting her chemo treatment. I mean, I feel like we feel about Jason the same way we feel about every single person that goes on Catfish, the TV show, <laughs> and watches yes. in awe as Neve does a reverse Google image search. Just shouting at the TV. It's like when I watch 90 Day Fiance and I'm still just yelling. And Russell's like, you don't have to watch this as it's like <laughs> queuing up another episode, you know? Like, I do, though. I do. <sighs> so mary told her to show them all her chemotherapy port but angela couldn't show them what didn't exist and she refused to take off her jacket and she moved out of jason's house so that was wait yeah jason you never seen her naked it's an excellent point well Well, maybe they weren't having sex if she is going through camp yeah maybe so mary said she misses the person that she thought angela was because that person was very sweet she thought angela was a very sweet person but she was wrong after ian went to the police to tell them about angela michelle was released from jail after serving 88 days with an apology from the orange county deputy district attorney oh i'm gonna need you to do better than that and invest yeah no kidding and investigators shifted their focus to angela and they discovered even more lies like on top of being fake pregnant and a fake attorney and having fake cancer she also faked checks only she was pretty bad at it one time she'd forged a paycheck and tried to cash it and another time she forged a check from her employer by just adding two thousand dollars to the total and oh my god this is my favorite part While police were going through her computer, they found a Word document that had pitches to Lifetime for a movie with potential titles listed. One was A Darkness Within, The Angela Diaz Story. (laughs) And then another one was Daughters of God, The Angela Diaz Story. (laughs) Um, I would watch that. I would watch A Darkness Within the Angela Diaz story. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what I'm currently sitting in. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll call this. A Darkness Within. That's what I'm going to title this episode. A Darkness <laughs> Within the Angela Diaz story. <laughs> My word. Michelle was instructed not to speak publicly about the abusive relationship with Ian. 
Even though national news outlets were all covering this case, Michelle thought she could finally put it all past her, but that wasn't the case. Though she'd been released from jail with an apology, the DA's office took another three months to actually exonerate her. So apparently... Wait, who? Michelle. No, no, no. What? Sorry. Okay. The DA's what? So... The DA's office. So though she'd been released from jail oh, without an apology. Idiot. Yeah. I'm an idiot. The DA's no. office, they took another three months to actually exonerate her. So apparently that apology meant absolutely nothing. You see where I was confused. I do. Yes. Yes. Diaz. I'm glad you clarified. Media outlets across the country were putting out front page articles about this love triangle gone horribly wrong. Many of them were unaware of Michelle's innocence in the whole thing, and Michelle just wanted to scream from the rooftops, there is no freaking love triangle. Yeah, more like a hate A hate triangle. Michelle even had to wear a heavy ankle monitor that scarred her and banged against her bones every time she went for a run. And Uh Michelle was just fed up with the whole thing. She told (laughs) prosecutors... She's right. Wait. She's going for a jog with an ankle monitor She on. was an avid runner. And then she was locked up for three months and she couldn't run. She could just pace her cell. So, yeah, she gets out. But I'm kind of confused about the timeline because I'm like, did these assholes really release her from jail knowing that she was innocent and still make her wear an ankle monitor? Sounds like it. Assholes. And Michelle was fed up with the whole thing. She told prosecutors, if you don't announce my innocence soon, I'm going to the media and I'm going to let them know all the steps police skipped over in order to lock her up. Things like checking the security camera, tracing the emails, the bare minimum of due diligence before putting her behind bars on a $1 million bond. Why is that not happening? Like I get in that initial where she was held for the 10,000 or, you know, like, we have a threat to someone's safety. You're locked up for a day. Okay. In that, the second time, we're not looking at tapes or an IP address. I mean, right. you can pull results from like Survey Monkey or Google Forms, and I can see IP addresses. Like, <laughs> do you right. know what I mean? Well, and there are two, two different theories on why it took so long. There's the DA's side of it. And then what Michelle really thinks. So we'll get into both of them. Michelle wasn't officially exonerated until January 9th, 2017. Remember, this all kind of started in at the end of May of 2016. So we're going on seven, eight months. The DA said, this is a very detailed case. I wanted to make sure, however, that Ms. Hadley is cleared in every possible way, in the courtroom and in the court of public opinion. It should be clear in the media and in cyberspace. Ms. Hadley is an innocent victim of a diabolical scheme. Mm, There's your word. (laughs) Diabolical. (laughs) Michelle later said that the goal of the police department was to, quote, cover up its own complicity in the wicked scheme. Yes. Three days before that announcement, Angela was arrested in Phoenix, which is where she was from and where she was living by that time. And Ian had filed papers seeking a marriage annulment. An annulment? An annulment. So they were together how long? Not long. Well, they had been married for like four months when she started getting the emails. And then it wasn't until September, so about eight or nine months, when Ian came to get Michelle out of jail because his wife is crazy. So, Dang. 
Not that long. In the papers seeking the annulment, he said he never would have married her if he'd known about what appears to be lying at the pathological level. Which, I mean, you know, it's a real toss of the dice when you marry someone within a month of meeting them online. Like, you might get the love of your life. You might get pathological liar. So, yeah, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards pathological, pathological liar. Yeah. Angela was charged with two felony counts of kidnapping, two felony counts of false imprisonment by menace, fraud, or deceit, one Wait, felony count. Who she kidnapped? That's a good question. I don't know why she was charged with kidnapping. I just didn't know if that was like something before. Yeah, I don't know. Because she was also charged with two felony counts of possession of a forged check over $950. So, and two felony counts of forgery, one felony count of grand theft. So she also stole a car somewhere. And one misdemeanor count of falsely reporting a crime to a police agency. And 21 misdemeanor counts of falsely reporting a crime to a peace officer. Ooh. So that's about 10 felonies and 22 misdemeanors. Oh, can't wait to... Can't wait for the, where are they now? Right. The prosecutor's office made it seem like Angela's arrest had been the result of painstaking cybercrime investigative work. Things like sending an email to Google and saying, hey, will you tell us what this IP address was? All showing that the emails were sent from the IP address at the Anaheim condo, Angela's father's home, and Angela's own cell phone. Like, this was not a cybercrime expert. This was someone sending emails from her own dang phone. And she has to know, like, she's just, (laughs) she's just unwell. Like, you know you're getting caught. Like, you got your phone and you're, like, going scorched earth. And it took police a year to figure it out because they wouldn't take the most simple steps to check. Not until Ian Diaz came in and told them to. Man, Orange County's no uh, Irvine, huh? <laughs> right. right. I was thinking about that this whole time. And I think Irvine is in They're Orange like County. They're like side by side. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say. Aren't they like? Yeah. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. But speaking of Ian, the media was not. Angela Diaz and Michelle Hadley's names were dragged through the mud in every article on this case, while Ian was referred to as John Doe in every article. I'm not even kidding you. Why not even John Diaz? We at least know his last name. Right. I don't Or Ian. No. Or John, whatever. Because Doe names are usually reserved for victims of a crime. And when I first saw him called John Doe in an article from 2017, I was both confused and mad. Like, why did Michelle Hadley get her name widely spread? And Ian got to maintain his his, uh, anonymity for a little while, at least, because Ian Diaz, Ian Diaz, Ian Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) You bad bitch, you. The media portrayed this as a cat fight, a love triangle gone bad, the crazy ex, the crazy new wife, all those crazy girls getting emotional. They said it was a real life gone girl, a framed love rival in a twisted Craigslist rape plot. So weird. But Michelle was certain that Ian had more to do with this than police were letting on, and she ended up filing a lawsuit, insisting that Ian also bore heavy blame in this entire situation, but that his association with law enforcement kept him free and clear from any consequences. It was an 80-page civil rights lawsuit where she alleges that Ian Diaz was so hell-bent on punishing her after their relationship ended that he plotted to frame her for stalking and threatening his new wife. She said that she believes that in arresting her, the Anaheim police ignored 
Ian to protect him as a fellow lawman, making the police a, quote, weapon in his torturous campaign. Hmm. The lawsuit said that Ian repeatedly advised and pressured law enforcement to have Michelle arrested, and that far beyond merely communicating with police, Ian fabricated and provided false evidence. He would Ooh. insist that Michelle had criminal tendencies and urge police to arrest her. Why? Because he was a control freak who was mad that she was fighting for a condo she paid for. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about the condo townhouse. <laughs> it accused this lawsuit accused the city, four Anaheim detectives, and Ian and Angela of 15 violations from false imprisonment to defamation. Michelle acknowledges that Angela played a role in the plot, but she believes that Ian was the mastermind behind the whole thing and the only one that had zero consequences from the scandal, which makes sense because he has a motive. The only motive Angela has is that she's a little loose with the screws. Sure. Right? I mean, for her to go after Michelle? Yeah, I think she is probably, in my unprofessional opinion, chemically unbalanced. I think Ian, though, is, I don't know. I just don't know if he doesn't have any, like, brain for himself. He has a brain. He's a U.S. freaking marshal. I, I mean, he's not I a mean, dumb guy. And you're like, he's he hasn't figured it out that Michelle Hadley isn't sending rapists after his new wife. And also, something I didn't put in here was that all of this started right around the time that Ian was going to have to start taking over payments for the mortgage of the townhome. Oh. Although like that was going to be at J in June. Yeah. Uh, or he was going to have to sell and split it with her. Right. He did eventually sell it. He did not split it with her. She never got a dime from it. She He sold it for like $500,000. Never paid her a dime. Yeah. She said that police never even interviewed Ian after he came in to have Michelle. You know, it's funny because when I was writing this, I really didn't know whose side I was on. I was kind of thinking like, Michelle might be reaching a little bit, like accusing Ian, because I'm listening to what the DA has to say and all that. But now that I'm really here and I'm thinking it all through, he definitely had something to do with this, in my very unexpert opinion. Yeah, I'm undecided. <laughs> Police never even interviewed him after he came in to have Michelle released. And Michelle said it's clear that they were protecting him because of their failure to do any sort of investigation into him. I mean, he definitely should have been questioned and like. Right. That's weird. But as we know, police don't always question everybody <laughs> that they should. <laughs> the most they'd done was ask him to turn over his phone, but he said he'd given it to his mom and detectives never got his phone. <laughs> they also never gave back Michelle's tablet, phone or laptop. So she's like doesn't have any of that. Right. They never gave it. So Ian doesn't even have to give up his phone and Michelle never gets her stuff back. The lawsuit also stated that surveillance cameras posted at the entrance of the condo's garage showed no activity while a man was supposedly attacking Angela, and it detailed how there were several messages that would have been impossible for her to have sent. It said, this was not some sort of sophisticated cybercrime. It was sloppy and would have easily been spotted if investigators had looked. Oh, it's sloppy, all right. Yeah. But the city insists that they had probable cause for Michelle's arrest. 
I guess that probable cause was emails with her name on them because Gmail definitely requires you to submit an ID before you can sign up for an email address with a name in it. (laughs) Oh, they don't. Okay. So the city is all over here insisting that they had probable cause for Michelle's arrest. They said that Angela's use of a VPN made it impossible early on to track the emails. But Michelle is like, yeah. Michelle's like, that's just your incompetence. <laughs> yeah, VPNs are not that secure. Like, no. they're just not. In her lawsuit, she said, oh, and I, I'm not super sure about the situation with all of this, but she said that a warrant before her first arrest showed that at least 21 of the threatening emails came from the IP address of the condo. But it's like the case only made sense if Michelle was behind the whole thing rather than a victim. Police didn't take her seriously when she said Ian was framing her. And when she told detectives about the abuse she'd suffered in their relationship, she says they asked her why she hadn't reported him earlier. Ugh. How are we still doing that? I know. They can all go listen to our episode on Marissa Alexander for the answer to that question. And she said they just asked her tons of questions about her sex life after she broke up with Ian. Ew, creeps. Michelle said, everyone wanted to silence me, and that's the worst thing as a victim. She said, how can I heal when the true story is not even out there and people are asking questions about a love triangle? On October 17th, 2017, Angela Diaz pleaded guilty to all 10 felony charges and all 22 misdemeanors. And for that, she was given... Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Five years. What? In prison. Five Five? years. Five. Five whole. Just five five whole years. Five whole years. About 60 months or so. Michelle was facing a maximum sentence of life in prison when she was charged for these crimes. I mean, I was at Texas State longer than that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. Yeah. You were. I think her time in jail will be a little less fun. But yeah, it's still. Angela's attorney suggested the whole plot wasn't just Angela. And she said that the failure to adequately investigate Ian Diaz's role is a serious concern. So even Angela's attorney is saying Ian was a part of this, too. Well, yeah. For Michelle. Yeah. For Michelle, true justice would be for Ian Diaz to be in prison, not Angela. She said that framing her was an evil thing to do, but that after spending that time in jail, she thinks it should be reserved for the baddest of the bad. And she says that is Ian Diaz. Hmm. Also, she wants the detectives on her case fired. (laughs) (laughs) They can all share a cell together. (laughs) Right. But Ian's attorney says her lawsuit is frivolous with no facts to support them. They said, simply put, her conspiracy theory against Diaz is not possible, which I'm like, Uh, yes, it is. While the plaintiff cannot accept that Angela duped both Diaz and the Anaheim police with her conduct, that is what the facts show. But again, I go back to why would Angela choose to harass Michelle? Like what? Like they had resolved the whole con the condo conflict. They hadn't been in communication. Like Michelle and Ian were not in, like she had no idea Ian had gotten married until she was served papers of, with a restraining order on them. And she's like, who's this bitch? Yeah. What? Yeah. And it seems like a judge was siding with Ian and he removed him from 
uh, Michelle's lawsuit, but he did find that any reasonably competent investigator would have reviewed the evidence against Michelle and found no probable cause to arrest her. He said there is a clearly established right to be free of searches and seizures without probable cause and that there wasn't any in this case. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's the biggest issue here is they just like took Angela's. Yeah. Yeah. As fact. Which, I mean, honestly, who thinks they're going to make up something like that? But also. I do now. There's so many maker-uppers of these episodes. But it also could have been anybody framing Michelle. Like anybody right. that had it out for Michelle could have right. just chosen Angela as the target and been framing her. Like I'm gonna make a list of all my enemies. You should make an enemies list and then post it on your wall and then stare at it at night. And then no, your bedroom wall. And then stare at it at night as you plot your petty revenge schemes. That list would be short, obviously. (laughs) My enemies. Who are my enemies? Enemy number one. Mm. (gasps) Betsy DeVos. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Coming for you, Bets. Oh, she's such a bitch. Enemy two, the guy at Jimmy John's that one time took the bread out in my sandwich when I clearly said, leave the bread in. Michelle was able to to complete her MBA and she now works in marketing for a beauty company in New York. She's trying to climb her way out of debt, which was largely the result of unpaid bills while she was in jail and the fact that after she got out of jail, she found it impossible to find a job seeing as how employers tend to google potential employees she just couldn't seem to find a good way of explaining that she'd been falsely accused of a craigslist rape plot like even if you've been falsely accused it just would sound like you're got a lot of drama you know yeah like who pays your bills when you go to jail you just your bills just pile up like but i mean i I guess guess you're not working right Right. I think she just didn't have any money because she was already living on a shoestring budget paying for Ian's freaking condo. Mm, I hope that girl gets all of the dollars. Yeah. Well, she got I don't I don't know. So also, like I said, Ian ended up selling their Anaheim condo for four hundred ninety nine thousand dollars, of which Michelle received exactly zero dollars of. I don't understand how that happened. And exactly three days ago. Which I didn't even know when I planned to do this case for this week. Oh, hot the, off the press. Hot off the press. The lawsuit was totally settled. The agreement was approved by the Anaheim City Council on April 27th, and the lawsuit was settled on April 30th. April 30th. But details of the settlement aren't, aren't available yet that I could find. Oh. So I don't know. Um, it seemed like the judge was finding in her favor about, you know, not having the probable cause to lock her up. So hopefully she got some money from the city that she is entitled to. Yes. But we will see. I'll uh, keep an eye out on it and see if they release that information. A lot of times these settlements are, you know, undisclosed. Mm -hmm. So, But that is the story of the most petty revenge story I've ever heard of. I don't know. I think Kelly. (laughs) Yeah, Kelly. Yeah. Oh. This is the stuff that, like, yes, it's not scary, like a murder scary, but, like, you just don't know who you're messing with sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you just, like, don't know. I don't know. Freaks me out. Yeah. I know. 
And I just can't decide how I feel about Ian. Like, first of all, Michelle's story about their relationship from before was awful. Like, he seems like a terrible person from that aspect. And then he's once again jumping into a a relationship super quickly with this other woman who I'm sure presented herself as a cancer survivor and, like, somebody weak and – yeah, like almost like he was looking for an easy target. Right. That's what I'm saying. And then, but <laughs> found. Uh, yeah. Or, I mean, worked with her into devising this whole thing. I don't know. It just, it's weird. Do you think she would say that? Like she never like threw him in? Well, her attorney is saying that Ian should have been investigated. But yeah, there, she's not saying like, this is what he did and this is what happened. Yeah. So, hmm. but I don't know. Maybe she's protecting him too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that's all I got for you today. Mm, That was a good one. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We'd love to hear feedback on this episode or any of our other cases that we've covered. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CreepersPod. And you can also email us any feedback or case suggestions at CreepersPod at gmail.com. We love hearing from all of you. So please reach out find us we love it yes and a big thanks to everyone who's already left us a review on apple Podcasts. like we said earlier they totally make our day um if you'd like this episode you have an iphone we would love if you take a minute to give us a five-star rating and review we reached 150 for Woo! my birthday so thanks i know that was so exciting we really do take the time to read them all so please 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 leave multiple them. times <laughs> yeah we <laughs> screenshot them we so oh yeah it. It's fine. Um, but be sure to subscribe to True Crime Creepers so you'll have our next episode as soon as it drops. When I'll tell Mogab another wild <laughs> story. I almost read that part. <laughs> I like stopped. <laughs> Bye, peeps and creeps. Bye.